1: Hello, everyone. Thank you for joining me around the fireside tonight. My name is Joe, and I'm here to tell you a story. Tonight's story is a continuation of our reading of Lewis Carroll's Alice's Adventures in Wonderland. A tale about a kitchen like no other, and a tea party like no other. Riddles with no answers, and cats and pigs and babies. As always, please don't forget to like rate or subscribe to Tales by the Fireside. Every interaction truly does mean the world to this channel. Now please, get comfortable, let go of the daylight, and join me for our story. Part 2 of Alice's Adventures in Wonderland by Lewis Carroll Chapter 6 Pig and pepper. For a minute or two she stood looking at the house, and wondering what to do next, when suddenly a footman in livery came running out of the wood. She considered him to be a footman because he was in livery, otherwise, judging by his face only, she would have called him a fish, and rapped loudly at the door with his knuckles. It was opened by another footman in livery, with a round face and large eyes like a frog, And both footmen, Alice noticed, had powdered hair that curled all over their heads. She felt very curious to know what it was all about, and crept a little way out of the wood to listen. The fish footman began by producing from under his arm a great letter, nearly as large as himself. And this he handed over to the other, saying in a solemn tone, For the Duchess, an invitation from the Queen to play croquet. The frog footman repeated, in the same solemn tone, only changing the order of the words a little. From the Queen, an invitation for the Duchess to play croquet. Then they both bowed low, and their curls got entangled together. Alice laughed so much at this, that she had to run back into the wood for fear of their hearing her. And when she next peeped out, the fishfootman was gone, and the other was sitting on the ground near the door, staring stupidly up into the sky. Alice went timidly up to the door and knocked. There's no sort of use in knocking, said the footman, and that for two reasons. First, because I am on the same side of the door as you, and secondly, because they're making such a noise inside that no one could possibly hear you. And certainly there was a most extraordinary noise going on within, a constant howling and sneezing and every now and then a great crash, as if a dish or kettle had been broken to pieces. Please then, said Alice, how am I to get in? There might be some sense in your knocking, the footman went on, without attending to her, if we had the door between us. For instance, if you were inside, you might knock, and I could let you out, you know. He was looking into the sky all the time he was speaking, and this Alice thought decidedly uncivil. But perhaps he can't help it, she said to herself. His eyes are so very nearly at the top of his head, but at any rate he might answer questions. How am I to get in? she repeated aloud. I shall sit here, the footman remarked, until tomorrow. At this moment the door of the house opened and a large plate came skimming out, straight at the footman's head. It just grazed his nose and broke to pieces against one of the trees behind him. "'Or next day, maybe,' the footman continued in the same tone, "'exactly as if nothing had happened. "'How am I to get in?' asked Alice again, in a louder tone. "'Are you to get in at all?' said the footman. "'That's the first question you know.' "'It was, no doubt. Only Alice did not like to be told so. "'It really is dreadful,' she muttered to herself. "'The way all the creatures argue. It's enough to drive one crazy.' The footman seemed to think this a good opportunity for repeating his remark with variations. I shall sit here, he said, on and off, for days and days. But what am I to do? said Alice. Anything you like, said the footman, and began whistling. Ah, there's no use in talking to him, said Alice desperately. He's perfectly idiotic. And she opened the door and went in. The door led right into a large kitchen which was full of smoke from one end to the other. The Duchess was sitting on a three-legged stool in the middle, nursing a baby. The cook was leaning over the fire, stirring a large cauldron which seemed to be full of soup. "'There's certainly too much pepper in that soup,' Ella said to herself, as well she could for sneezing. "'There was certainly too much of it in the air. Even the Duchess sneezed occasionally. And as for the baby, it was sneezing and howling alternately without a moment's pause.' The only things in the kitchen that did not sneeze were the cook and a large cat which was sitting on the hearth and grinning from ear to ear. "'Please would you tell me,' said Alice, a little timidly, for she was not quite sure whether it was good manners for her to speak first, "'why your cat grins like that?' "'It's a Cheshire cat,' said the Duchess. "'And that's why—pig!' She said the last word with such sudden violence that Alice quite jumped— But she saw in another moment that it was addressed to the baby and not to her so she took courage and went on again i didn't know that cheshire cats always grinned in fact i didn't know cats could grin they all can said the duchess and most of them do i don't know of any that do alice said very politely feeling quite pleased to have got into a conversation you don't know much said the duchess and that's a fact Alice did not like the tone of this remark and thought it would be as well to introduce some other subject of conversation. While she was trying to fix on one, the cook took the cauldron of soup off the fire and at once set to work throwing everything within her reach at the Duchess and the baby. The fire irons came first, then followed a shower of saucepans, plates and dishes. The Duchess took no notice of them, even when they hit her, and the baby was howling so much already that it was quite impossible to say whether the blows hurt it or not. "'Oh, please mind what you're doing!' cried Alice, jumping up and down in an agony of terror. "'Oh, there goes his precious nose!' and an unusually large saucepan flew close by it and very nearly carried it off. If everybody minded their own business, the Duchess said in a hoarse growl, the world would go round a deal faster than it does. Which would not be an advantage, said Alice, who felt very glad to get an opportunity of showing off a little of her knowledge. Just think of what work it would make with the day and night. You see, the earth takes 24 hours to turn around on its axes. Talking of axes, said the Duchess, chop off her head. Alice glanced rather anxiously at the cook to see if she meant to take the hint but the cook was busily stirring the soup and seemed not to be listening. So she went on again. Twenty-four hours, I think, or is it twelve? I... Oh, don't bother me, said the Duchess. I never could abide figures. And with that, she began nursing the child again, singing a sort of lullaby to it as she did so, and giving it a violent shake at the end of every line. Speak roughly to your little boy and beat him when he sneezes, He only does it to annoy because he knows it teases. And the chorus, in which the cook and the baby joined, Wow, wow, wow. While the Duchess sang the second verse of the song, she kept tossing the baby violently up and down, and the poor little thing howled so that Alice could hardly hear the words. I speak severely to my boy, I beat him when he sneezes, for he can thoroughly enjoy "'The pepper when he pleases.' "'And the chorus. "'Wow, wow, wow.' "'Here, you may nurse it a bit, if you like,' the Duchess said to Alice, "'flinging the baby at her as she spoke. "'I must go and get ready to play croquet with the Queen.' "'And she hurried out of the room. "'The cook threw a frying pan after her as she went out, but it just missed her. "'Alice caught the baby with some difficulty, "'and it was a queer-shaped little creature.' "'and held out its arms and legs in all directions. "'Just like a starfish,' thought Alice. "'The poor little thing was snorting like a steam engine when she caught it, "'and kept doubling itself up and straightening itself out again, "'so that altogether, for the first minute or two, "'it was as much as she could do to hold it. "'As soon as she had made out the proper way of nursing it, "'which was to twist it up into a sort of knot "'and then keep tight hold of its right ear and left foot "'so as to prevent it undoing itself, "'she carried it out into the open air.' If I don't take this child away with me, thought Alice, they're sure to kill it in a day or two. Wouldn't it be murder to leave it behind? She said the last words out loud, and the little thing grunted in reply. Don't grunt, said Alice. That's not at all a proper way of expressing yourself. The baby grunted again, and Alice looked very anxiously into its face to see what was the matter with it. There could be no doubt that it had a very turned-up nose, much more like a snout than a real nose. Also, its eyes were getting extremely small for a baby. Altogether, Alice did not like the look of the thing at all. But perhaps it was only sobbing, she thought, and looked into its eyes again, to see if there were any tears. No, there were no tears. If you're going to turn into a pig, my dear, said Alice, I'll have nothing more to do with you, mind now. The poor little thing sobbed again, or granted, it was impossible to say which and they went on for some while in silence. Alice was just beginning to think to herself, now what am I going to do with this creature when I get home? When it grunted again so violently that she looked down into its face in some alarm. This time there could be no mistake about it, it was neither more nor less than a pig, and she felt that it would be quite absurd for her to carry it further. So she set the little creature down, and felt quite relieved to see it trot away quietly into the wood. If it had grown up, she had said to herself, it would have made a dreadfully ugly child. But it makes a rather handsome pig, I think. And she began thinking over the other children she knew, who might do very well as pigs, and was just saying to herself, if one only knew the right way to change them, when she was a little startled by seeing the Cheshire cat sitting on the bough of a tree a few yards off. The cat only grinned when it saw Alice. It looked good-natured, she thought. "'Still, it had very long claws and a great many teeth, "'so she felt it ought to be treated with respect. "'Cheshire Puss,' she began, rather timidly, "'as she did not at all know whether it would like the name. "'However, it only grinned a little wider. "'Come, it's pleased so far,' thought Alice, and she went on. "'Would you tell me, please, which way I ought to go from here?' "'That depends a good deal on where you want to go,' said the cat i don't much care where said alice then it doesn't matter which way you go said the cat so long as I'm somewhere alice added as an explanation oh you're sure to do that said the cat if you only walk long enough alice felt that this could not be denied so she tried another question what sort of people live about here in that direction the cat said waving its right paw round lives a hatter, and in that direction, waving the other paw, lives a march hare. Visit either you like. They're both mad. But I don't want to go among mad people, Alice remarked. "Uh, You can't help that, said the cat. We're all mad here. I'm mad. You're mad. How do you know I'm mad? said Alice. You must be, said the cat, or you wouldn't have come here. Alice didn't think that proved it at all. However, she went on, "'And how do you know that you're mad?' "'To begin with,' said the cat, "'a dog's not mad. You grant that?' "'I suppose so,' said Alice. "'Well then,' the cat went on, "'you see, a dog growls when it's angry "'and wags its tail when it's pleased. "'Now, I growl when I'm pleased "'and I wag my tail when I'm angry. "'Therefore, I'm mad.' "'I call it purring, not growling,' said Alice. "'Call it what you like,' said the cat. "'Do you play croquet with the Queen today?' "'I should like it very much,' said Alice. "'But I haven't been invited yet.' "'You'll see me there,' said the cat, and vanished. Alice was not much surprised at this. She was getting so used to queer things happening, while she was looking at the place where it had been, suddenly appeared again. "'By the by, what became of the baby?' said the cat i had nearly forgotten to ask turned into a pig alice said quietly just as if it had come back in a natural way thought it would said the cat and vanished again alice waited a little half expecting to see it again but it did not appear and after a minute or two she walked on in the direction in which the march hare was said to live i've seen hatters before she said to herself the march hare will be much the most interesting And perhaps it won't be raving mad, at least not so mad as it was in March. And as she said this, she looked up, and there was the cat again, sitting on a branch of a tree. Did you say pig or fig, said the cat. I said pig, replied Alice, and I wish you wouldn't keep appearing and vanishing so suddenly you'll make one quite giddy. All right, said the cat, and this time it vanished quite slowly beginning with the end of the tail and ending with the grin, which remained some time after the rest of it had gone. Well, I have often seen a cat without a grin, thought Alice, but a grin without a cat is the most curious thing I ever saw in my life. She had not gone much farther before she came in sight of the house of the March Hare. She thought it must be the right house, because the chimneys were shaped like ears and the roof was thatched with fur. It was so large a house that she did not like to go nearer till she had nibbled some more of the left-hand bit of mushroom and raised herself to about two feet high. Even then, she walked up towards it rather timidly, saying to herself, Suppose it should be raving mad after all. I almost wish I'd gone to see the hatter instead. Chapter 7 A Mad Tea Party There was a table set out under a tree in front of the house, and the March Hare and the Hatter were having tea at it. A Dormouse was sitting between them, fast asleep, and the other two were using it as a cushion, resting their elbows on it and talking over its head. Very uncomfortable for the Dormouse, thought Alice, only, as it's asleep, I suppose it doesn't mind. The table was a large one, but the three were all crowded together at one corner of it. No room, no room! They cried out when they saw Alice coming. There's plenty of room, said Alice indignantly, and she sat down in a large armchair at one end of the table. Have some wine, the March Hare said in an encouraging tone. Alice looked around the table, but there was nothing on it but tea. I don't see any wine, she remarked. There isn't any, said the March Hare. Then it wasn't very civil of you to offer it, said Alice angrily. It wasn't very civil of you to sit down without being invited, said the March Hare. I didn't know it was your table, said Alice. It's laid for a great many more than three. Your hair wants cutting, said the Hatter. He'd been looking at Alice for some time with great curiosity, and this was his first speech. You should learn not to make personal remarks, Alice said with some severity. It's very rude. The Hatter opened his eyes very wide on hearing this, but all he said was, Why is a raven like a writing desk? Come, we shall have some fun now, thought Alice. I'm glad they've begun asking riddles. I believe I can guess that, she added aloud. Do you mean that you think you can find out the answer to it? Said the March Hare. Exactly so, said Alice. Then you should say what you mean, the March Hare went on. I do, Alice hastily replied. At least I, I mean what I say. That's the same thing, you know. "'It's not the same thing a bit,' said the hatter. "'You might as well just say that I see what I eat "'is the same thing as I eat what I see. "'You might just as well say,' added the March Hare, "'that I like what I get is the same thing as I get what I like. "'You might just as well say,' added the Dormouse, "'who seemed to be talking in his sleep, "'that I breathe when I sleep is the same thing as I sleep when I breathe. "'It is the same thing with you,' "'said the hatter, and here the conversation dropped "'and the party sat silent for a minute "'while Alice thought over all she could remember "'about ravens and writing desks, which wasn't much. "'The hatter was the first to break the silence. "'What day of the month is it?' he said, turning to Alice. "'He had taken his watch out of his pocket "'and was looking at it uneasily, "'shaking it every now and then, holding it to his ear. "'Alice considered it a little and then said, "'The fourth Two days wrong,' sighed the hatter. "'I told you butter wouldn't suit the works,' he added, looking angrily at the March Hare. "'It was the best butter,' the March Hare meekly replied. "'Yes, but some crumbs must have gotten it as well,' the hatter grumbled. "'You shouldn't have put it in with the bread knife.' The March Hare took the watch and looked at it gloomily. Then he dipped it into his cup of tea and looked at it again. But he could think of nothing better to say than his first remark. It was the best butter, you know. Alice had been looking over his shoulder with some curiosity. What a funny watch, she remarked. It tells the day of the month and doesn't tell you what o'clock it is. Why should it, muttered the hatter. Does your watch tell you what year it is? Of course not, Alice replied very readily. But that's because it stays the same year for such a long time together. Which is just the case with mine, said the hatter. Alice felt dreadfully puzzled. The hatter's remarks seemed to have no sort of meaning in it, and yet it was certainly English. ''I don't quite understand you,'' she said, as politely as she could. ''The Dormouse is asleep again,'' said the hatter, and he poured a little hot tea upon its nose. The Dormouse shook its head impatiently and said, without opening its eyes, ''Of course, of course, just what I was going to remark myself.'' ''Have you guessed the riddle yet?'' "'the hatter said, turning to Alice again. "'No, I give it up,' Alice replied. "'What's the answer?' "'I haven't the slightest idea,' said the hatter. "'Nor I,' said the march hare. "'Alice sighed wearily. "'I think you might do something better with the time,' she said, "'than waste it in asking riddles that have no answers.' "'If you knew time as well as I do,' said the hatter, "'you wouldn't talk about wasting it. "'It's him.' ''I don't know what you mean,'' said Alice. ''Of course you don't,'' the hatter said, tossing his head contemptuously. ''I dare say you never even spoke to time.'' ''Perhaps not,'' Alice cautiously replied. ''But I know I have to beat time when I learn music.'' ''Ah, that accounts for it,'' said the hatter. ''He won't stand beating. Now, if you only kept on good terms with him, he'd do almost anything you liked with the clock. For instance, suppose it were nine o'clock in the morning.'' "'just in time to begin lessons. "'You'd only have to whisper a hint to time, "'and round goes the clock in a twinkling. "'Half-past one, time for dinner.' "'I only wish it was,' the March Hare said to itself in a whisper. "'That would be grand, certainly,' said Alice thoughtfully. "'But then I shouldn't be hungry for it, you know?' "'Not at first, perhaps,' said the Hatter. "'But you could keep it at half-past one as long as you liked.' "'Is that the way you manage?' Alice asked. "'The Hatter shook his head mournfully.' "'Not I,' he replied. "'We quarrelled last March, just before he went mad, you know,' "'pointing with his teaspoon at the March hare. "'It was at the great concert given by the Queen of Hearts, "'and I had to sing, "'Twinkle, twinkle, little bat, "'how I wonder what you're at. "'You know the song, perhaps?' "'I've heard something like it,' said Alice. "'It goes on, you know,' the hatter continued, "'in this way. "'Up above the world you fly, like a tea tray in the sky. Twinkle, twinkle. Here the dormouse shook itself and began singing in its sleep. Twinkle, 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 twinkle. And it went on so long that they had to pinch it to make it stop. Well, I'd hardly finish the first verse, said the Hatter, when the Queen jumped up and bawled out, He's murdering the time, off with his head. How dreadfully savage, exclaimed Alice and ever since that the hatter went on in a mournful tone you won't do a thing i ask it's always six o'clock now a bright idea came into alice's head is that the reason so many tea things are put out here she asked yes that's it said the hatter with a sigh it's always tea time and we've no time to wash the things between whiles. then you keep moving round i suppose said alice exactly so said the hatter as the things get used up "'But what happens when you come to the beginning again?' Alice ventured to ask. "'Suppose we change the subject,' the March Hare interrupted, yawning. "'I'm getting tired of this. I vote the young lady tells us a story.' "'I'm afraid I don't know one,' said Alice, rather alarmed at the proposal. "'Then the Dormouse shall!' they both cried. "'Wake up, Dormouse!' and they pinched it on both sides at once. "'The Dormouse slowly opened his eyes. "'I wasn't asleep.' he said in a hoarse feeble voice i heard every word you fellows were saying tell us a story said the march Hare. yes please do pleaded alice and be quick about it added the hatter or you'll be asleep again before it's done once upon a time there were three little sisters the dormouse began in a great hurry and their names were elsie lacy and tilly and they lived at the bottom of a well ''What did they live on?'' said Alice, who always took a great interest in questions of eating and drinking. ''They lived on treacle,'' said the Dormouse, after thinking a minute or two. ''They couldn't have done that, you know,'' Alice gently remarked. ''They'd have been ill.'' ''So they were,'' said the Dormouse, ''very ill.'' Alice tried to fancy to herself what such an extraordinary way of living it would be, but puzzled her too much. So she went on, ''But why did they live at the bottom of a well?'' ''Take some more tea.'' "'the March Hare said to Alice, very earnestly. "'I've had nothing yet,' Alice replied in an offended tone, "'so I can't take more.' "'You mean you can't take less?' said the Hatter. "'It's very easy to take more than nothing.' "'Nobody asked your opinion,' said Alice. "'Who's making personal remarks now?' the Hatter asked triumphantly. "'Alice did not quite know what to say to this, "'so she helped herself to some tea and bread and butter.' and then turned to the Dormouse and repeated her question. Why did they live at the bottom of a well? The Dormouse again took a minute or two to think about it, and then said, It was a treacle well. There's no such thing, Alice was beginning very angrily, but the Hatter and the March Hare went, shh, shh, shh. And the Dormouse sulkily so remarked, If you can't be civil, you'd better finish off the story for yourself. No, no, please go on alice said very humbly i won't interrupt again i dare say there may be one one indeed said the dormouse indignantly however he consented to go on and so these three little sisters they were learning to draw you know what did they draw said alice quite forgetting her promise treacle said the dormouse without considering at all this time i want a clean cup interrupted the hatter Let's all move one place on. He moved on one as he spoke, and the Dormouse followed him. The March Hare moved into the Dormouse's place, and Alice, rather unwillingly, took the place of the March Hare. The Hatter was the only one who got any advantage from the change, and Alice was a good deal worse off than before, as the March Hare had just upset the milk jug in his plate. Alice did not wish to offend the Dormouse again, so she began very cautiously. But I don't understand. Where did they draw the treacle from? ''You can draw water out of a water well,'' said the Hatter, ''so I should think you could draw treacle out of a treacle well. Eh, stupid?'' ''But they were in the well,'' Alice said to the Dormouse, not choosing to notice this last remark. ''Of course they were,'' said the Dormouse. ''Well in?'' This answer so confused poor Alice that she let the Dormouse go on for some time without interrupting it. ''They were learning to draw,'' the Dormouse went on, yawning and rubbing his eyes, for it was getting very sleepy, and they drew all manner of things, everything that begins with an M. Why with an M? said Alice. Why not? said the March Hare. Alice was silent. The Dormouse had closed his eyes by this time, and was going off into a doze. But on being pinched by the Hatter, it woke up again with a little shriek and went on That begins with an M, such as mouse traps and the moon, and memory and muchness. You know, you say things are much of a muchness. Did you ever see such a thing as a drawing of a muchness? Really, now you ask me, said Alice, very much confused. I don't think. Then you shouldn't talk, said the Hatter. This piece of rudeness was more than Alice could bear. She got up in great disgust and walked off. The Dormouse fell asleep instantly and neither of the others took the least notice of her going. Then she looked back once or twice, hoping that they would call after her. The last time she saw them, they were trying to put the dormouse into the teapot. At any rate, I'll never go there again, said Alice, as she picked her way through the wood. It's the stupidest tea party I ever was at in all my life. Just as she said this, she noticed that one of the trees had a door leading right into it. That's very curious, she thought. But everything's curious today. I think I may as well go in at once. And in she went. Once more, she found herself in the long hall and close to the little glass table. Now I'll manage better this time, she said to herself. And began by taking the little golden key and unlocking the door that led into the garden. Then she went to work nibbling at the mushroom. She kept a piece of it in her pocket till she was about a foot high. Then she walked down the little passage, and then she found herself at last in the beautiful garden among the bright flower beds and the cool fountains. And this is the end of part two. Good night.